what do I define about blowing up? You know what I'm saying? Like feeling better, living better, better location. What he failed to tell you was when you're on my time, I can reclaim it. I, and he left that out, so I'm reclaiming my time. Please, please respond. Are you ready for a tanker? I'm rooting for um, everybody's life. Betting on black tonight. I'm sorry for the realness. Hey everyone, it's Whitney from WhitneyDanielle.com and NetworkandSpill.com. And on this episode, we're doing a Galentine's Day episode because why not? Who doesn't love Galentine's Day? I mean, come on, let's let's just be honest. It's that time of year. I know a lot of folks are not looking forward to Valentine's Day. It's not something I necessarily care about, but I know a lot of people do, and I don't necessarily know where each of you land on the single versus not single spectrum here. But this episode is for you. It'll be a really fun one. We're going to talk about being in love with yourself, particularly if you're a Black woman. And I'm just so excited to have this guest, y'all. Wait until you hear this story. Okay. So without further ado, I'm going to invite you to pull out your phones and I want you to search on Instagram, Black Girl in Love. That is the actual IG page. Follow that page right now because today's guest is Miss Trey Anthony, and I am so pumped to have her on the show to talk about her book, which is called Black Girl in Love with Herself. We're going to talk about the book. We're going to talk about how we met kind of virtually and what she's up to in the world, her upcoming tour, the swag you can get, how you can work with her in the future. We have so much we're going to get into. Without further ado, Miss Trey Anthony, our speaker, author, mom, and just amazing person. How are you, Trey? I'm great, Whitney. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to do this show. Me too. I've, I, so, okay, y'all, this is what happened. All right. This is, this is the 411. I'm just going to tell them real quick what happened because I think people forget like how I meet people. This is why I have this podcast show. So y'all, you know, my birthday's in January. Literally everybody knows that at this point, because I've been all over social media with it. And last year, it was last year. I went to the bookstore because that's one of my happy places. And I'm, you know, kind of just going through the aisles. And I love the personal development self-help section. It's kind of where I spend most of my time. So I go over there and I'm looking. And what do I find? I find this beautiful cover with this beautiful black woman. And I'm like, um, hello. And I pick it up and I'm so excited. I immediately buy it, right? I think I bought two books that trip. I don't even remember what the second one was because it doesn't matter. And I had to have this book. And so I get home and I immediately dive right in. I'm going through and I'm like, I need to know more about Trey Anthony because I mean, there's just, there's just, I don't see, I rarely see black women in the self-help section. Like this is so dope. And she's with Hay House, which is like, the Mecca for self-help books. I mean, it's it's where Wayne Dyer, like one of my personal heroes in life, published his work, Louise Hay. I mean, at Louise Hay, come on, Hay House. This is like the number, if I were going to do a book, this is where I would want it to be published. Like this is, it's a big deal. So I take the book home, I get to the end and I'm like, okay, what's Trey's information? I need to find her. And I find her on Instagram. I start tagging her and she's like, Hey, and I'm like, Hey, she's like, do I know you? And I'm like, no. And I just started messaging Trey. I'm like, Trey, this book is so good. And I think I tagged you in like a post and you were just like, girl, who are you? I'm like, I don't, I'm just a stranger. Literally. Like we've never met. 
you do not know me. Like if we were in Target, we would probably walk by each other. But I love this book and I'm so proud of you. And I'm just really excited that I found it. And literally, we just became friends. Just yes, talking. Definitely. Definitely. It, and it's so funny, Whitney. I realized just now as we're speaking that we've never met in person. And yet I feel like I know you. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. And you've moved. You've moved a couple of times too in the last, yeah. right? Because mm-hmm. in the book, you you talk about your heritage and you. where did you grow up? I grew up in Toronto, Canada. Okay. I was born in England, London, England, but I moved to Toronto when I was 12. So I spent many years in Canada and I didn't move to the U.S. until probably about eight years ago. Yeah. So now I've been in the U.S., but mostly and back and forth to Canada a lot because I work quite a bit in Canada, especially pre-COVID times. Yeah. Okay. And when you were in Canada, you were doing a lot of writing, right, mm-hmm. there. And I, I heard you have actually, I told someone you were going to be on the show, and they're like, yeah, she has a center there. So tell us a little bit about like what you were doing in Canada before you came to the States. Yeah, I used to have a center there. So, oh my gosh, yes. I used to have the Trey Anthony at one center, which was a wellness center for women. And we used to offer like meditation, yoga, wellness classes, live events, all geared at um, women of color. So I used to own that. And then when I moved to the US, I was trying to keep it afloat, doing it back and forth, and it just became a bit too much. So we had to close the center. But I also had my own TV show in Canada as well, The Kink in My Hair. So that's kind of what I was known for primarily in Canada was the play, The Kink in My Hair, which then became the TV show in Canada. So I was the first Black woman in Canada to have a television series on a primetime network. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. And now you're here with this amazing book and you're about to go on tour. How cool is that? Yeah, it's amazing. We had we were actually supposed to go on tour um the beginning of February. And then because you know all of this new COVID extreme <laughs> that's been happening, we had to reschedule it. So now the new dates are on my website, treanthony.com, but we're gonna be doing a summer show versus a winter show. So we're gonna be touring some dates in August and also in September. Yeah. So they're all there and it will be LA, Atlanta, Detroit. And Toronto. Yeah. And we're adding more dates as we speak. Yeah. Mm. So make sure y'all are tuned into the IG page, Black Girl in Love, so that you can follow all the updates and get some swag and merch and get the book if you don't have it already um, and just support because the book was good. I mean, I, I read the entire thing. It's a very easy read. It does not take you forever and ever and ever to get through it. I read it. I don't even know. I loved it. So that kind of to me, it kind of shortens the length of it a little bit, but I I really enjoyed reading about your story. And what's interesting too, is that the book Black Girl in Love, it talks a lot about like hard things, like difficult parts in your, in your life. Like, like we're walking into a very difficult part of your life and you still kind of give us hope and inspiration and you stayed grounded and you you teach the importance of family and friends and letting people help you and your journey at becoming a mom, like all of these things. It was 
so, so fun to go through your story, but also really, I think, cathartic and helpful too. Even if, you know, the reader hasn't gone through what you've gone through, I found it to be very relatable, if that makes sense. Definitely. I think for me, because I start the book in the place of just real, it was the most desperate and heartbreaking time of my life. And so I truly, like when I get emails from women who say, you know, the book helped me through such a difficult, dark time, or this book saved my life. I literally say, yeah, me too. <laughs> right? Like you were on that journey with me, you know, cause the book opens where I talk about being on the bathroom floor after suddenly getting dumped by my partner of five years via text. And I had a two week old baby at home. We were about to go into a pandemic. So all of my um, shows, events, and everything, my livelihood was just like up in the air. I was dealing with like, you know, financial pressure and strains and restrictions. I was ending a relationship. I was moving. I had 14 days to move out of our apartment with a brand new baby. I was moving across states with a brand new baby in the U-Haul. So to say I went through it, right, and had to pivot, I think would be an understatement. And for me, the biggest thing, and as I talk about in the book, Black Girl in Love with Herself, is I had to really do this quick evaluation and say, how the hell did I get here? Because this wasn't what I had planned for my life. And I really had to get really honest and dig really down and dirty and say, you know, you could put a lot of blame on a lot of people, but the constant factor in here is you. And why did you choose to ignore certain red flags? Why did you choose to, you know, build home in somebody who you knew didn't have a strong foundation for themselves, much less you, right? And why were you so invested in a dream that you decided to ignore every single flaming red flag <laughs> because you wanted that dream so much for yourself? And why did I give away the job of loving myself to someone else so then when they walked out of my life, I no longer felt valued, I no longer felt lovable. And I think a lot of us, as women could relate to that. And so I just really wanted to share my journey for those of us who have been through it, who are going through it, or who just as a warning to say, girl, sometimes you really got to take stock of your life and go, this isn't how it needs to be. And I deserve better. And I value myself way more than what I'm actually showing myself at this point in time. And that's where I was. You're absolutely right. I mean, it is... I think it's definitely a, a cautionary tale, a lot of it of, and you get to see, I think, and maybe it's just because like I'm visualizing a lot of, you know, when you read, you like picture it in your head and what it would look like to have to move. And I, I mean, I can see you with like the boxes and trying to just being upset. And I think there were some scenes, not scenes, but there were some parts of the book where you're in bed, you know, just upset. And I think that's where a lot of us go when we are having those moments of just angst and darkness. And I just, for me, I, I found that what I liked a lot about how you shared your story was that I've, I could feel the emptiness mm -hmm. and, and the, the shock and the dismay of not, of think just taking such a hard left turn. And, and that to me was, cause I mean, you talk about it in, in different ways. And so I think the reader 100% will understand 
you know, at some point what it was really like and how hard it really was for you. Because when someone, when your life is kind of turned completely upside down, right? This isn't like, you know, you're, you're thrown for a loop with, with some kind of like random, you know, proclamation. This was like a complete life changing moment. Instead of staying in that low point and maybe becoming bitter, you took it as an opportunity to pour back into yourself, even if it meant it took a long time, or even if it meant it was going to be hard, you know, and you were going to have to do some uncomfortable things. You found practices that you could implement and try to sort of like piece yourself back together and, and start to learn how to pour back into you as, a, as opposed to just kind of not kind of pouring really at all, if that makes sense. Yes. It's so true because I think a lot of us, and I knew even before this relationship of five years, I was a person who was if one relationship ended, I would be like just about to start a new one as that one was ending. You know, I was a serial relationship person and I went into relationships a lot because I didn't want to sit with myself and really kind of dig deep and really kind of say, you haven't dealt with a lot of your own childhood trauma. You really are scared of being alone. You have abandonment issues. You got daddy issues. You got mommy issues. You got all of these things, right? And this was the first time, like, I really sat down and said, hey, girl, what's going on here? And I think what people have told me about the book is that they laugh and they also cry because I think my background, you know, I started out in stand-up comedy, right? So I'm also very comedic. My family's West Indian. We have a tendency to really laugh at really inappropriate things at the wrong time. And so I truly do think my laughter got me through, but also the opportunity to be vulnerable with myself for the very first time and vulnerable with others really allowed me to heal and go on that journey of healing. And to be honest with you, it's a continuous journey. Like there are days when I'm really good and I'm like, okay. And then there's some days, you know, you're, you're just in the car and one song will come on and it will bring you right back to that moment. Right. So I think for me, like I like to tell women, it's never a final destination around healing and self-love is this continuous journey. And sometimes you mess up and you regress back to the old ways and you got to remind yourself like, oh girl, come on, come on. We better than this. We know this, right? No, we're not going to pick that relationship because we know how that ends, <laughs> you know? And no, we're not going to say yes to this person because now we believe in boundaries. And yes, we're going to get up and go exercise because we know when we exercise and eat well, it's good. And yes, we're going to find a great therapist. And yes, we're going to deal with our mental health and depression and anxiety and all of those things instead of pretending that you're a strong Black woman. So for me, it has been something that I truly love sharing this story because I think a lot of us as Black women, especially, we sometimes think just us by ourselves are going through this by ourselves. And yet there's so many of us who are dealing with grief, loss, anxiety, depression, not feeling good enough in isolation. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Complete isolation. Yeah. Um, and, and at the time of this recording, right, this is maybe two weeks, I think, after mm -hmm. 
Chesley, right? Yeah. Chesley, Chris, uh, Christ, yeah. I think mm-hmm. is her last name, the Miss America winner for 2019, right? And and I saw a tweet the other day that was like, can we talk about Black women and high-functioning depression? Mm-hmm. And it's it's such a hot topic right now because we are deemed, you know, the strong Black woman and, mm-hmm. you know, things don't bother us and like we can carry the weight of the world. And, and it's just this like, facade and it's it's so dangerous it's so dangerous and i like how you speak to depression and how it affected you and obviously when when people we go through really hard breakups we are most of us are are really upset and sad and depressed and we go into a dark place and it sometimes that happens with a person sometimes it's with a job sometimes it's with a relative or a big disappointment in another aspect of our life like there are so many things that can happen that would make us depressed and we also sometimes just have depression as part of like our mm-hmm. chemical makeup and how do we deal with that in in a way that's going to pour back into us and help mm-hmm. us move forward and give us the coping mechanisms so that we can not only deal with the the past and, and sometimes the present too, but figure out ways that we can move forward from a, a stronger, like a truly stronger perspective. And that's what I like about the book and, and how you organized the conversations mm-hmm. here. And I'm sure your coaching program, the group coaching program that you have, will will speak on that too. But for me, it's not just about healing and and talking about the trauma, talking about the angst and the, and the, and the negative things that maybe have happened, but it's also about giving you the coping mechanisms to deal in the world that we live in. Because, you know, the world that we live in is only like kind of changing, but like sometimes not, you know, and... Yes. Sometimes the people around us aren't changing or they're not doing the work. And so we have a lot of external factors that we still need to learn how to navigate. It's so important, I think, for both. Hey, can we take a pause real quick? I just want to let y'all know this is exclusive and time sensitive. If you're hearing this, there's a really good chance that either I have a spot open or I have a spot opening on my one-on-one program that I offer. So I only do four slots at a time because this is like the most intense, thorough, intimate way to work with me ever. This is my creme de la creme, like four bad bitches only. This is for solopreneurs who have a nine to five, who work in corporate, who have some sort of job that they are doing and that they're doing really well, but who also have a side hustle or a business that they are running on the side and they want to build and streamline their goals towards. A lot of us have strategy. A lot of us have plans here and there, but most of us don't have accountability. A lot of us don't have a support system that's solid and the rest of us aren't organized and have strong boundaries, have routines, like all of that. So I'm going to help you get it all together. This is a three-month intensive one-on-one coaching program where you have full access to me via Voxer. We have seven, seven one-on-one calls with each other throughout the three months, and you get routines. You get customized affirmations and audios and all kinds of things to help you succeed. So check out the link. It's in the show notes. It's also on my website, WhitneyDanielle.com. If you have questions, DM me, send me an audio note. Let me know. If you know someone who needs to get their shit together in this manner, send me their information. I will totally hook you up for the referral. That's it. That's all I wanted to say. Let's get back to the episode. Can you tell us a little bit about how, from that perspective, you've been managing just obviously minus the red flags and avoiding them. Hello, right? <laughs> avoiding them. What, what else are you, are you doing to kind of love on yourself? 
for me, it's around really just reminding myself of like something as simple as like getting proper sleep, taking moments of leisure. Like right now I'm doing this interview from a chateau in the mountains. This is something that I would never have done years ago to say, you know what, I need, you know, three or four days to get away and take some time away. It's around also recognizing, you talk about high functioning depression, to recognize that I'm that girl as well, right? You know, and making sure that I'm taking my medication, I'm seeing my therapist regularly, I'm taking long baths, I'm taking long walks, I'm running in the mornings, you know, and as a mom, also prioritizing my wellness and well-being because i think a lot of us especially as moms like we get into this self-sacrificing martyr syndrome and belief of just kind of like unless we are on our last breath and breathing into our children's lungs we are not good mothers <laughs> you know what i mean and for me i had to really just take a look at that and just see that the only way i can mother from a really good place of health and wellness is me taking care of my health and wellness first and making it a priority, you know? And and it's sometimes it means taking a break from social media. Sometimes it means, you know, not watching the news. It means meditation in the morning. It means calling up a friend and saying, hey, I'm having a bad day. This is really hard for me right now. You know, even when I read about Chesley Chris, the old me would have just kept going. And I called up some friends and I was just like, this is really triggering to me. This is really hard for me. I'm weeping openly. And the reason why is because I recognized myself in her in so many ways. And I thought to myself, this could have so easily have been me two years ago because I was in that darkness, you know? And I think until we as Black women vulnerably and openly talk about those dark moments without feeling, you know, that we're failing, without feeling we're crazy, without feeling that we are weak, we are going to keep having women like that continuing to either commit suicide or attempt suicide or go through this by themselves at all times. And so for me, the biggest thing about writing this book has been using this platform to really talk openly about mental health and my journey with depression, my journey of recognizing even that I was suffering from, you know, depression, because that's something I had no idea until I hit rock bottom, right? And that's something that I think when we see a lot of high-functioning women who are powerhouses, who are A-type personalities, you know, I'm describing myself to a T, no one recognizes that we are the ones, sometimes the strong ones, who really are feeling like we are failing at all times. Mm. And so, you know, I've seen that meme go around, like, you know, check in on your strong friends. But it's something that I did at IG just last week, and I said, I think it's a cop-out, and I know we mean well when you say to someone, well, call me if you need anything, right? Mm -hmm. Because let me tell you, if you are a type A personality like myself, if you have friends who are like me and are quote-unquote the successful ones, we're not going to call. We don't call, right? We don't call. We don't ask for help. 
And so we need to really be a bit more intentional around saying, check in on your strong friends. It should be like, I'm coming over. I'm bringing groceries. I'm going to sit with you as you fold your laundry. I'm going to take your kid for an hour and just be intentional because we are not going to ask for those things. Right. So for me, that is one of the things that I really feel really strongly about advocating for what does safety and support look like for Black women? Yeah, yeah, this is a very, very important topic. And you know, I'm on Clubhouse, and we mm-hmm. have a room that we do as part of uh, Black Girls Do. Shout out to Black Girls Do. And mm-hmm. one of the rooms is called Black Girls Do Check on Their Strong Friends. And mm-hmm. it's a, we've made it, I think, a bi-monthly room now. But And the reason why is because so many women need to have a conversation and need Mm -hmm. to be able to hear the question, how are you? And be in a space where they can honestly answer. And that's become a huge part of of what we're doing because it's not enough to just say, hey, check on your strong friends. A lot of us Mm -hmm. are the strong friend. And if we're not being checked up on, we're kind of, a lot of times we're literally struggling to just make do and to make it through the day, let alone having the sort of the being in that mindset where you're thinking, oh, let me reach out. Like it doesn't even dawn on a lot of people to, as that like being an option, even though like we technically know that it's an option and we have a phone that we pay for that we could use to reach out to people who could help us and make us feel better and, and, you know, go out with us or whatever we need. We're not, we don't, we don't always think that way. We're not always on that bandwidth. So it, it does take a little bit more. And I actually brought that up. I'm like, look, so what else can we do, right? Mm-hmm. How can we support each other in speaking up and also in being more assertive to one another? Because sometimes it's not enough. Sometimes you'll try to reach out and that person is because they're not really truly present or in that mind space. They're not even really there to, to open the door for you, right? And that's mm-hmm. where I hope that people who are reading this book and who are listening to the show take the time to do those friendship audits and make sure that you have people around you because mm. you really do need to lean on them every so often. And I think we can't always be the one who gets leaned on. We have to be able, it, it can't just be a one-way street. I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's healthy. I don't think it's necessary. And I think at this point, as a collective, we have to realize that and figure out better ways to function and to cope and to, and to move forward. If that makes sense, Mm -hmm. that, that to me is, it's really important. Definitely. 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 And I'm glad you talk about this. I mean, there's a whole section in here y'all about, um, you know, what was one of my favorite parts of this book. And this is, I haven't read, I haven't like reread the book since I read it last year, but one of my favorite memories from this book is when you, talked about one of your friends pretty much doing what you just said, like taking the, taking the initiative. And I think they, you were like, Oh, I want to do therapy, but like, you know, it is kind of costly because a lot of us know when shit hits the fan, a lot of times all of the shit hits the fan at one time. And, you know, it's just when, when the dominoes start falling, like it's, it's a lot of them fall. And you were, like you were saying, you were transitioning and and moving from one place to the next and you were a new mom and everything was, there was so much going on. And then because you weren't able to work in the same way, you were low on funds and, but your mental health was taking such a priority that you wanted to go. And you, I think you knew the importance of going, but it was just like, okay, either I pay for therapy or I pay for something like you were having to make that decision, which to be honest, a lot of people 
most people are having to make decisions like that. So to this day, right? And so you, I think you made a phone call to a friend or something and that friend was like, you know what? I got you. And they like paid for the therapy session so that you could go and you didn't have to make that decision. And that was one of my favorite memories of this book because that I think shows the true power of having a friend who not only sees you, but can help support you when you really truly need it most. Yeah. Um, do you remember that? I don't know what what page oh, it was yeah. on or anything. Oh, but... I, I totally remember that because I talk about in the book just the shame that I felt around accepting money, right? Or even asking for that help. And it was a friend who called me and she asked how my therapy was going. And I said to her, oh, I'm not going weekly anymore. I'm just going once a month. And she was like, why? <laughs> right? And I just said, well, you know, it was expensive. Like it's like $150 a session and I had just got to be realistic. Like I'm living off my savings right now. I don't know when I'm going to get a next gig. I've just come out of a relationship where we had two incomes and I was used to spending two incomes, you know? And so, and now I have a child and I had to pay for the adoption by myself. I had to, you know, pay for a whole apartment by myself, a move. And so all of these things. And she said to me, you're too important for us to lose at this moment, Trey. And you are going through serious trauma. This isn't the cut you need to be making. And she said, me and my wife are going to send you some money. She said, what's your account? And as I talk about it in the book, there was this voice that came in my head because I come from this family of West Indian women who talk about, you know, like, you know, don't let anybody know your business and never discuss your money problems. And, you know, don't make people, you know, have it over you. And I've kind of had all of that going on in my head of the shame of what will it mean if my friends pay for my therapy And I went back and forth for a couple of days and it was one night where I was sitting and I was weeping again and I knew that it was because I needed some support. And I looked down at my son as I was feeding him and I said, he deserves a well mother because I know what it feels like to be a child of a mother who is not emotionally well and how that then comes out onto your little body, your little mind, your your little life. And it's not intentional and it's not deliberate, you know, but that is what happens. When a mother or a woman is not well, mutually what it comes out in and looks like is that it goes on to the next generation, right? And I was just like, I'm not going to do that to my son. And I called up my friend and I said, here's my account number. And the money was in my account. It felt like before I even hung up the phone. And that was the most vulnerable thing I've ever done was like to accept money from a friend and not feel the shame or guilt around it or the continuous shame and guilt around it. And just know that I was worthy of that. And that I also recognized I was really fortunate that I had cultivated friendships that were able to recognize that I needed the help and gave it to me without me asking. Mm. And that was something that when all of this shit literally hit the fan, I was really conscious of the friends that I had and who showed up 
and who you thought were going to show up who didn't show up or who remained silent or didn't say a word. And for me, I was really thankful that I had about five really solid people who continued to show up for me in ways that I could not imagine. So I think, you know, and I talk about it in the book that you got to do this friendship check and start to really look at, you know, do you have friends who are there just in the good times and the party times and when money's flowing and all is well and all is good. And when you're giving and giving, or are these going to be the people who are going to be down in the trenches with you, right? Because you need those people as well. And so I was really glad that I had really nurtured those type of friendships and they showed up for me in ways that to this day, it brings tears to my eyes. Yeah, it's so powerful. It, it really is. And I'm, I'm glad that you had those friends too. And I hope that people listening, they do that inventory on themselves mm-hmm. and just, it's just a check-in, a temperature check, I think is one of the buzzwords these days mm-hmm. of checking in to your inner circle to see who you've got, like who you really can lean on. And, and to your point, a lot of times we think we know who people mm-hmm. are and how they're going to show up for us. And then when shit does hit the fan, it's, it's crickets and, you know, or surprises, not good surprises. And, mm-hmm. um, and that's where I think we have some room. I think a lot of us to grow and the relationships that we make, especially as black women, where we're kind of taught that, you know, we need to compete against each other and that there's not enough room at the table. And like, you know, you're out here for yourself or like fend for yourself and watch out for you. And you have to have your back and all the things that we're kind of just told and that we're so catty. And, you know, we just, all we like to do is fight and argue and be extra. It's just, it's just the imagery and the, what is the stereotyping Stereotyping, um, that people put on us? And it's just so false. And I, I will say being on clubhouse this last year since the pandemic and being on social media, different parts of social media, finding that there really are people out there who are incredibly kind that will go to bat for you, that will support you, that will listen to you and hold space for you. And just being able, like you said, to cultivate those relationships more. I hope people feel encouraged to do that, right? Literally starting today, there's no better time than now to start cultivating and nourishing those nurturing, yeah, nurturing those relationships because you never know. You never know when they're going to need you and when you're going to be tested in their friendship and then vice versa and what what you would want. And I think too, treating people the way you would want to be treated is important, but not necessarily expecting people to treat you the way that you would treat people is on the other side of that. Very important too. Hopefully it that is lands. so important. Yeah. Cause I know when my friend volunteered to do that and pay for me, she said, you would have done it for us. And I know that without a doubt, you would have done it, mm-hmm. right? Because that's who you are. You show up for people. So yeah. let someone show up for you, you know? And that is also what you do recognize that it comes back to you in a way that sometimes you're not even expecting it to come back to you. But I recognize how my friends showed up for me is in ways that I had showed up for them in the past without question. And you never know when it's going to be your turn to be on the receiving end. And hopefully, you know, people are going to show up in the same way that you showed up for them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And they're paying attention because they care and they value you as a person and they value the relationship. So yeah, I mean, kindness, it really does go a long way, you know, and, and being a good person to people 
goes a long way. I was listening to something this morning and they talked about that, like doing good things helps Mm -hmm. us so much more than I think it often ends up helping other people at times Mm -hmm. because it literally giving back is such a powerful energy shift that it it, it is immediate in in the way that it kind of gives back to you. So I love it. I'm really glad that you touched on that. And I think the timing was perfect with all of this and having these needed conversations. It's just important. And as you move forward in what you're doing and the work that you're doing, you have your tour coming up, but then you've got these group coaching programs. So I mean, is, is, are you creating kind of like a space for people to come together in this sense? So tell us a little bit about the coaching programs and what that'll look like. Yeah, for me, it's been that there's been so many women who have read the book. And as you know, after each chapter of the book, there's these week worksheets that's called Sis Get Your Mind Right. And where I offer like questions and, you know, things that you can do to, you know, create more wellness and a a more balanced life and to, you know, do a self-evaluation. And I had so many women who would write me and say, you know, is there a way that I could connect with other women who have read the book or, and I recognized too, that I really wanted to do a deep dive with the book. So that is something that I'm going to be creating at the end of March, where I'm going to get women who have read the book, and it's going to be a real 12-week deep dive into the book, and we're going to go chapter by chapter and just really just take a look at our own lives and have this support community for women to be able to access while they're actively taking, you know, intentional steps of being a Black girl in love with themselves. Yeah. Yes. I love that. Yeah. Going into each chapter. I mean, it's kind of like a book club and I love book yes. clubs, but it's like yes. a book club with more action, I guess. Yeah. And a, a real community of people who are very much like-minded. So exactly. I love yes. it. Okay. So that's to come. So y'all make sure you're following Trey over on Instagram at black girl in love. And I will put this in the show notes as well. I'll put the link to, I'll drop yes. a link to the tours, the event, event bright tour. And then I'll put the IG handle and then I'll put the link to the book as well. So you guys can make sure you get a copy. I absolutely love this book. Um, I talked about this probably I know I talked about it last episode, but I've talked about this a lot of having books around me that are written by black women because it is so important. And it is for me, it's crucial to the work that I'm doing, the inner work that I'm doing to be able to see myself reflected. And, you know, I think we can find ourselves reflected in other people sometimes, but there is something special about somebody who looks like you because I've read other books by, you know, women from different places, white women, young women, older women, women who've had maybe eating disorders and and moms and just different groups of people who I may or may not relate to in in a direct way. And then sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But I love when I can read a book and, you know, there's literally a song at the beginning of each chapter, you have a song. And I almost forgot about that part. Um, (laughs) At the beginning of each chapter, you have a a song kind of like, okay, so chapter seven is therapy um, Mm -hmm. by Mary J. Blige. You've got, I am not my hair by India Ari as some of the um, songs that you've chosen for each chapter. And then you've got quotes and affirmations. And I think that to me is incredibly relatable and something that I would probably do in my own book. And I just, I I think it's really important. I hope people are getting that. I think it's very important that you have people, you have authors on your bookshelves that look like you, um, that you can 
read and learn from because the experiences a lot of times are, are are quite similar. We end up having a lot of the same similar experiences, whether it's maybe workplace issues, maybe it's dating issues or problems or hangups or whatever. Maybe it's your relationships or you know family things, right? We, you talked about your heritage and how your family was and how they acted. And a lot of people, I think, who come from different walks of life, like have parents, elders who are very kind of stuck in their ways and have been taught certain things about hot topics like therapy and relationships and taking care of yourselves and even being a mom. And you talked about that too. And so I think it's important to have this, to have access to this kind of stuff, because I think when people can see themselves in a story or in an author, it, it just creates such a, a more visceral experience. And I think it just lands better. And that's what we're seeing in television too, right? Netflix, HBO Max, we're seeing so many new shows that are featuring people that aren't just young, white, Caucasian. And that to me is powerful. And so I just want to say, y'all, make sure you get more and more books by people that look like you and that maybe even come from the same places that you come from, whether it may be Canada, maybe it's Mm -hmm. Jamaica, maybe it's, you know, in in the same field as you, um, because it's just, I think it gives you a different dynamic. So who would you say? are some of your inspirations when it comes to like books on your shelves? Whoa, definitely Bell Hooks. I love her. One of my favorite books is Wounds of Passion because I just love how she writes about how we love, you know? Also, her one of my favorite books that I ever read around self-care and health was Sisters of the Yams by her as well, by Bell Hooks. Of course, I think every Black woman has grown up with Iana Vincent, you know, and has in the meantime, and, you know, just recently someone sent me a post from Hay House and there was my book right next to Iana's. And I just freaked out because I was just like, oh my God, this was the first time that I've ever read a self-help book by a black woman. And now to know that my book is side by side selling next to hers is something that I would never, ever expect. I love reading a lot of memoirs. Like I'm currently right now listening to the Will Smith one. What other books do I I love? I also read a lot of Caribbean writers. So Jamaican Kincaid is like one who I really, really love. I love her book, Lucy, Brother. So those are kind of like some of my favorite authors. And there's not a self-help book out there that I don't, you know, I haven't read. Like I love the Gabrielle Bernsteins. You mentioned Dwayne Dyer, Jack Canfield. I love a good self-help book, right? So, and it's funny that you mentioned how relatable this book is because for me, as much as I read all of these self-help books, you know, by like the Gabrielle Bernsteins, by um, Wayne Dyer, by what's that other woman, Rachel, God, you know. Oh, Rachel Hollis. Rachel Hollis, right? All of those books, as much as I could relate to some of the things in there, for me, it was, there was another layer of what wellness looks like for Black women. And even like Iana too, reading her books, she was also like one generation removed from me, right? So I just felt there were other things that I was dealing with as a woman in today's society. And I wanted to read a book that I wanted to read. Right. And and I think, you know, I've seen those memes where it's like, write the book that you always wanted to read. And for me, that's how Black Girl in Love came about. You know, I wanted, 
a book where there's a black girl playlist because music has been such a huge part of my life, like from the hip hop to the R&B to the dance hall, all of those things, right? I'm also Caribbean, right? So it was important for me to have that Caribbean flavor to be part of the book, you know? So there's sometimes in the book where I write things in Jamaican because I'm talking about my grandmother and her patois, right? And I will do a little translation. And, you know, on one of the playlists, there's a dance hall track. The affirmations is something that I do daily. So I wanted something that had affirmations. And I also wanted a book where I always felt every time I read a self-help book, I would read it. And then I would be like, oh, I'm going to go back and do the questions they ask. And I recognize for me, no, I need it actually right there and then because I'm not going to go back, <laughs> right? So it was good. To, I wrote the book that I wanted for myself. And then I recognized in that it was a book that other Black women wanted. And it's so funny that you said you saw my face on the cover. This was something that we went back and forth with Hay House for the longest time around whether or not I should be on the cover. And they kept saying, oh, well, remember when Ayana came out, she didn't have a cover. She just had these figures, like a painting of Black women. And I said, I don't think you know how important it is for us as Black women to see another Black woman on a, mm-hmm. a cover of a book in Barnes & Noble. Like we just mm-hmm. automatically stop because it's such a rarity for us. And that was something that I had to fight for to actually get my face on the cover of a book. Right. Mm. So it's all of those things that we know this, but other people just take it for granted, especially if you're white and in the self-help space, you don't recognize how important and essential a book like Black Girl in Love with Herself is to Black women and how life affirming it is for us who are in that demographic of 35 to 54 to see ourselves and see our life experiences in this book. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's crazy because Gabrielle Bernstein, her face is on mm-hmm. pretty sure every single book she's yeah. ever written. And I know that because I have a bunch of them. Yeah. So yeah, it's important. It's important because when I tell you I live in the bookstore and mm-hmm. I live in the personal development self-help section, I'm not exaggerating. My yeah. sister and I both go to bookstores on the regular and the library. And yeah. she's always in sort of the fiction section and I'm always in the nonfiction section. And I mean, I, it, she has to often just drag me out of (laughs) the store because that's, and we love reading and learning and it's just important. And I, I did have that book and I think I, I think it's, I still do. It's gotta be in my storage unit. The, in the meantime book, um, such a classic, such a classic. It's such a classic. I don't think there's a black woman out there who hasn't read that book. I don't think so. I don't, I don't. And if you haven't y'all look it up. Okay. I'm sure your local library has it or, you know, a used bookstore where you can buy it on, um, you know, buy it from a, a black owned bookstore. But if you don't have access, you, you can Amazon it. There's a lot of places you can get this book. It's been around longer than I have. And it's, it's, it's important. And it's a book that one of the first ones to your point that I, I, yes. I ever purchased from a, a woman of color, I think of any color, to be yeah. honest. And so I'm excited to see more and more women of all colors writing these types of books, because we need different narratives. I mean, it's, it's gotta be, there's gotta be more out. I mean, we know there is, but like the way that the literary space acts is like, there may not be, it's, but like, we all yes. know there is. And, and it's just so important. So I'm glad that you fought for the cover and that mm-hmm. you were on it because I think I couldn't imagine it looking any different. Yes. And 
I really couldn't. And I just, it's, it's, it is important because it inspired me and it continues to inspire me because now it's like, huh, well, if Trey can get a book mm-hmm. onto it through Hay House and, and like you said, next to Miss Ianla or any, anybody else from the Hay House crew or really anybody else in the section, that section of books, then maybe I can too. And someone else is going to have that same thought and someone else and someone else and someone else. So it really does open the door for so much opportunity, you know, in the future. So I'm so glad, so glad that we met and that you, you took this journey and you decided to share with us because you didn't have to, right? This could have been something that you wrote and maybe kept, you know, for later. Um, I know a lot of people do that and, yes. <laughs> and, you know, and that's fine, right? You get to choose, but I'm, I'm really glad that you decided to share it, especially at the time that you did, because the pandemic has been dark for a lot of us. And um, I know a lot of people have gotten back into reading again. Maybe they weren't reading as much before the pandemic and then the pandemic happened and it was like, well, you know, I have a little bit more time. I'm not sitting in traffic as much anymore. I'm not going to happy hours as much anymore. I'm not doing lots of fun outdoorsy things anymore. What else is there to do? And, and reading, I think for a lot of us, we came back to that. So Yes. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. So, yeah. And um, also another thing that I do tell people and people have loved it is that the book is also available on Audible books. So there's an audio version, which I read. And what people love about the book is there's an interview with my mom and my sister um, at the end of the book. And people just love hearing from my mom because she's such an important and essential character in the book. So to actually hear her point of view of witnessing this personal breakdown and transition of myself entering into a breakthrough of what she thought it was and how she saw it. And also her, you know, opinions on therapy and self-care and wellness and love is such an important conversation that we have as three women sitting there talking. And so people really love the audiobook because of that extra bonus with them as well. Mm, okay. I did not know that. Yeah. Yes, girl. Wow. So yes, that's available on Audible Books and it's done extremely well. People really, really love it. And for me, being a new mom, I love books. And that was something that I found that I had to give up that of just actually having the time to sit down and crack open a book. So for me, everything has been audiobooks where, you know, if I'm putting the baby to sleep or he's in the bath, I'm listening to a book, or as I'm washing the dishes, I'm listening to a book, or I'm driving him to daycare, I'm listening to a book. That's the only way I get now to actually read mm-hmm. in the way that I used to in the past. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you you have audiobook access. That's amazing. Yes. And I'm the same way, right? Just being able to walk the dog, go when I'm going outside on my, I literally use that as like a dual purpose type thing. Well, kind of triple one, yes. it gets the dog's energy out Two, I'm getting my steps in, which is helping me. Um, and then three, I get to listen to a book or a podcast. Yes. And so I know how much you love reading because we've ping ponged, you know, podcasts and books back and forth to each other yes. this entire time we've known each other, but yeah, you're absolutely right. And I did not know about the auto audio version. So I know a lot of us who have audible have some extra credits. Yes. So if you have some extra credits or you want to use your next credit go, or you can just buy it, right? You can just yes. buy it. If you don't have audible, right? If you want audible, yes. hit me up. I'll send you the little link, but audible yes. is such a beautiful place to, to listen to books. And I remember Cicely Tyson's book, speaking of black women writers, mm. I remember her book, 
right before she passed, right? Literally, she passed the week that like her book, I think, came out or the week before. And it was it was insane because I was I was ready. Like I I was ready. I had it in my cart for pre-order. That's how much I wanted to hear her story and learn more about her and hear this new book. Because to your point about having people speak in the book, I love that. I absolutely mm-hmm. love that. And she has all these different people, Viola Davis and um, several other, like, you know, famous people that we all know were in, in the book and audiobooks are just so beautiful. And mm-hmm. I know you're listening to Will right now. That's on my list. I think it's on my sister's list. And I think my dad's list too. So we'll have to, we'll have to talk more about books in the Q and A yes. y'all. <laughs> yes, for sure. Yes. For sure. Tuesday, Tuesday evening, we're going to go live on Instagram. So if you guys have questions for Trey about anything really, right. About the coaching, about the tour, about the book, about her experience in life, whatever, whatever, being a new mom, moving around, I mean, whatever you're thinking you want to ask, come through, come through on Tuesday night, ask away. We may be sipping on something. I don't know yet. Haven't decided, but it'll be a really good time to kind of show face and, and you'll get to see Trey and sort of, you know, put a, a voice to a face and make sure you do follow on Instagram too, because we'll promote a little bit more there. And if you're listening, definitely screenshot your phone tuning in and we'll def- and tag us and I'll make sure I share onto my page. Um, I'd love to see you. And if you have the book and you're listening, or if you're getting the book, because you're listening, definitely also let us know on social so we can give you a virtual high five and congratulate you and just kind of give some love back. I do love the interaction on social and I know you do too. So you're pretty active on Instagram, right? I am. I think that's my best bet is Instagram. I'm also pretty good on Facebook, but Instagram is something that I really love. I love interacting with people You talk about tagging. One of my favorite things is when people tag me and they've read the book and they're taking pictures of the book. And so I always, you know, repost them. And I try my best to really respond to, you know, the fans of the book on Instagram as much as possible. So yeah, I'm pretty active. And I also host a live IG every Thursday on my Instagram called Talk the Tings, which is a chapter in the book where I just interview a lot of people around wellness, love, Black women. And so that is something that I do every Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as well. And that also gives me a chance to really interact with a lot of fans of the book as well. Yeah, we like the interaction. And I think that's too, where you find, you know, like-minded people in your community. So definitely tap in. I'm excited for the tour, just because tours... It just reminds me of the good old days back before coronavirus came and just ruined doing things, you know, like I am a people person and this has been so challenging to not be able to go to events and tours of any kind, right? It could be a comedy tour. It could be a music tour. It could be a conference tour. It could be a book tour, any kind of tour. We haven't been able to really do. Um, It's just been so, so hard. So I'm looking forward to this like double, triple, you know, the the triple, what I would normally like be excited, like, because it's been so long and, you know, just the opportunity to meet other amazing black women who've read the book and who've tuned in and obviously are on the path of, of positivity, you know, of working on themselves and, and leveling up in different ways. That to me makes me happy, you know, just seeing, seeing yourself out there and more mirrors to each other. And it's just so cool. So I love the community that you've made, just really how inspiring you are. So for 2022, 
let's talk about what else you've got. I know you've got the tour, right? That's like one of the number one things you're doing. And then you've got the coaching that's coming. But what are you like personally excited for, for this year? Well, it's funny. I haven't announced this publicly, so I'm going to give you the scoop. Um, but I, my book has just gotten optioned, Black Girl in Love by Lark Productions and NBC Universal to turn into a TV show. So I'm very, very excited about that. So I'm currently wow. writing the pilot and we're feeling it's going to be a mix between like insecure meets girlfriends meet Harlem, but it's all going to be, you know, directly from the book. Like it's going to be like the TV version of the book and it's going to be a really good dramedy and it's going to be about a woman who finds herself basically on the bathroom floor and how she rebuilds her life and looks back on all of her past relationships and mistakes and her family and everything else. So that I'm really excited about, again, going back into the TV space because I haven't been in the TV space for nearly about six years. And so it's really great to be able to have a new project in the TV space again and just also watching now, especially for my American fans, how so many of them are now watching the kink in my hair on Amazon Prime, whereas before it was only available in Canada. So that has been something that I'm really excited about too. And, you know, there's a little rumor that there might be a reboot of the kink. So we will see about that. <laughs> so I'm moving back again into the TV space, which is something that I didn't think I would do, but I'm really excited about that again, you know? Mm, well, congratulations. That is thank amazing. You. So thank exciting. You, thank you. Aww. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Wow, y'all. Can you imagine? You guys get to say, I listened to her on a podcast before that show <laughs> went out. Like, I have been hip to Trey Anthony. Like, I love this. I'm so excited about the show. And y'all, if you haven't checked out the shows that she listed, um, obviously Insecure is, is one of my faves of all time. And Harlem is a new one. And obviously Girlfriends is a classic. But, you know, there yes. are so many shows out now that have, you know, Black women as, as not just the friend, the bestie, the roommate, but as the main character. And we're getting more of these shows. And I just, I can't wait for there to be more and more and more because, it's just, it's, it's so important. It's so important. So I'm excited for this and for the kink in my curls. And I will make sure I link this in the show notes there on Amazon prime. So you guys can tune in. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm just so excited. So 2022 is already starting off to be a really good year yeah. um, for you, even though, you know, we've, we've gotten some sickness and yes. you know, we're, <laughs> we're maneuvering through life still in the middle of this pandemic, you're still thriving and an inspiration. So thank you. And I'm so excited. I'm so thank excited. you. And thank you so much, Whitney, for the, your love and support and this amazing podcast and just the space that you create for us as women to have these kind of conversations and I always look forward to seeing you on my WhatsApp because I always know that you 
going to give me some delicious scoops around books and podcasts and everything else. So I'm so happy that our paths have crossed, you know, and I can't wait to meet you in person. Like, yeah, that's another thing that needs yes. to happen. Yeah. It's going to happen. It's going to happen this year. It's going to yes. happen this year. It's and going to, for sure. I am really, really excited. And I know there's a lot in store just for the both of us in, in this journey and, and that we do get to cross paths and not only do we get to cross paths, but we get to kind of kiki for a little bit while we do yeah. it and, That's and, well. and just transfer information and knowledge and a, an, an ear to listen and bounce ideas off of. And we've talked about dating and so many other things that have gone on in our personal and professional lives. So these are the relationships that matter and they matter a lot to me. And so to have you on the show is an honor and it's also just so much fun. Um, this 58 minutes or whatever we're at now has flown by. I'm so sad yes. it's over, but we'll have you back. You definitely have to come back on the show at some Isn't other point. Nice. And, you know, we'll do the IG live for Q and A and we'll obviously we'll be in touch. And you know, if there's anything that, you know, the network and spill crew can do, you know, y'all, if you are listening, get the book. If you don't already have it, if you have it, make sure you leave a review um, and you can do that obviously on Amazon. You can do that on Audible. You can do that several places, right? Where you get books. Um, leave a review. I, I know if it's important to the podcast, right? To listen, but it's also important for books too, because people pay attention to that. And we always want to uplift um, when we see people of color, Black women in particular, who are out here doing this work. We want to uplift and amplify them because there, you know, unfortunately, are people who aren't as kind to us for no other reason, just because they're haters. So we yes. want to make sure we are pushing all the good vibes to Trey and all of her endeavors. So make sure you leave a review. Make sure you leave a review for Network and Spill. If you're coming over from Trey's side of the Instagram or social media world and you're new to Network and Spill and me, um, you can find me on Instagram over at Whitney Danielle Co underscore. And the Network and Spill podcast also has an IG at Network and Spill. And, you know, leave a review. You can leave a review for the podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as on Spotify now. That's new. So leave that five-star review. Say something cute in the comments. You know, say what episode you're listening to or your anything you want to say that's fun. Write something nice and submit that. And that'll definitely help with the ratings and whatnot. So any final words, Ms. Trey? Anything we didn't talk about that you want to make sure you get in? Oh, I think you did amazing. So yes, just buy my damn book, as I always say to people. Leave a review. Check me out at treyanthony.com. Check me out on Thursdays on IG, um, live at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And just stay in touch and just keep spreading the word. I always say to people, you don't know how much just word of mouth helps. Like if you read the book and you send a text to two of your girlfriends and say, you need to pick up this book, it helps. If you put a post on social media to say, I love this book, it helps. So that's kind of what we need is that kind of love and support and activism for our stories. Yeah. Absolutely. And this wouldn't have been a, a podcast if a, if an ambulance didn't, you know, go through at, <laughs> you know, at the loudest volume level possible, even though I was literally almost closing out and it went through. Yes. So that was perfect. Thank you. You literally talked right until they were completely gone and I couldn't hear. But y'all, seriously, all jokes aside, telling a friend is important and spreading this. And, and I can guarantee you of all the chapters in, in this book, there is one out of one or more that will deeply connect with someone that you know deeply. And if it doesn't connect deeply, it will because they'll read it and something will click. 
and maybe it'll happen later, but it's, it's, there's at least one chapter in here that will, that will really help give you some tips, some tricks and things that you can take with you on your journey. And that's what we're here for. So thank you again, Trey, for being an amazing guest. Yay. And y'all we'll see you. We'll see you next time. Cheers. Bye.